The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, BEAU tipful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kuwale Agbayani and Paul Brecht. That much closer to the new year. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's all coming to an end. We have a lot to get into today, people. We got to cram like everything that we would have. Stay focused. Yes, we got to stay focused. I have my coffee in front of me in my Ted Lasso (laughs) cup. And I have officially become one of those people that carry around a Stanley Cup for water. I mean, it's not an official Stanley Cup, but it's like that design that made Stanley Cup Cup popular. Uh, It's a Waikiki Malia Cup, actually, to be exact. But because it helps me actually, it does help me to drink more water. Because, I don't know, the straw thing, it makes it easier. I don't know. Anyways. Absolutely. Totally get it. It's a whole thing. But anyways, I do have my coffee, so we're going to stay on track as much as possible. But as you guys know, anything can happen. But nonetheless, we're going to start (laughs) try to stay on track. So we'll talk. We're going to essentially cram everything that we would have spread out between two days, between today and tomorrow. But... We technically will not have a lot of time to talk tomorrow because we have a very, very special guest joining us for our final show of the year. You, none other than University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angeles will be our in-studio guest for the entire entire show tomorrow. So we definitely can't take up much time talking about everything else because we want to make sure that we, you know, well, one, as you guys already know, when we have in-studio guests, we learn a little bit more about them personally. And of course, get into all of the fun, (laughs) fun slash juicy questions. Uh, Feel free to text us at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-888. Five four eight one. If you guys want to ask Craig any questions, and we'll remind you guys about that throughout the show as well. Or if you want to reach out to our social media at High Sports Radio, go ahead and do that because we definitely have a lot of stuff to ask him. But we want to make sure we let you guys or give you guys a chance to ask any of the important questions that you want to know from the UH Athletics Director. So we're really excited to have him on. Just got the hard commit last night. Um, Yeah, so we're rocking and rolling to close out this year. But hence, that's why we need to stay focused on today's show so that we can get into everything because we have UH men's and women's basketball tipping off a conference play going into this weekend. We'll hear from Coach Iran Ganat coming up a little later in the show. Have to get into the college football playoff games because it will have happened by the time we have our next show. And that's why even Paul Breck this morning kind of forgot. He's like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about that, don't we? There's so much. (laughs) So we got to cram everything. So a lot of football, a little sprinkle of basketball. And then tomorrow we will have our final show of the year with UH Athletics Director Craig Angeles. Okay. All right. Catch your breath real quick. All right. Let's go. Let's get into, since Chaz Antai was kind of talking about it in the sports report right there, we'll go ahead and start with some NFL, which we <laughs> had said we were going to talk about yesterday. And then, yeah, like yeah, I said, we're, we're going to stay on track today. Uh, so probably there's just a bunch of big quarterback news, one that you guys have probably heard a lot, especially if you were tuning into our VEASAN programming right before this show. They were talking about Russell Wilson being benched by the Denver Broncos and replaced by, you know, 
the superstar quarterback in Jared Stidham <laughs> to go on through the season. And the main thing with that is that uh, will be mainly for the physical so that the Broncos don't have to owe him any money, which is I hate when teams do that. But shady. you know what? But you know what? That's the way the contracts are built. And that's where professional sports are at anyways. So a lot of stuff. Tommy DeVito, all name team. Also another one that's getting benched for Tyrod Taylor, which Tyrod Taylor, hey, you know what's crazy? Like to think that Tyrod Taylor has actually been in the league like for forever. It doesn't feel that way. Him but and Jacoby yet- Brissett are the same person oh, yeah. to Jacoby me Brissett. in terms of they have been in the league for what feels like forever. And no matter where they go, it seems that they find their way onto the football field and they always do good things. Yeah. Because Jacoby Brissett, by the way, He's another one of those quarterback changes in Washington mm-hmm. where Sam Howell now goes to the bench, the 23-year-old quarterback who has quietly being been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league recently. If you look at his EPA per play and the amount of interceptions he throws and whatnot, he has regressed since a nice start to the year. Oh, yeah. I had him in my fantasy league because, <laughs> oh, well, boy. hey, by the way, people, before you jump down my throat, I drafted Aaron Rodgers in my fantasy league. And that Man, who would do out. that? And then I think I, and then I think afterwards Me. I picked up Zach Wilson. <laughs> I, I, believe hey. I believe too. And then too. I forget who else I had. And then I ended up with Sam Howell all of a sudden because people in my league wanted, we only have, a, we only start one quarterback. And yet there were like no quarterbacks on the bench or in in waivers. But I ended up with Sam Howell and he was actually putting a pretty decent amount of points up until maybe three games or four games ago. And then, yeah, he totally took a a A real step back. Yeah. And then which is so odd, like how that can happen so quickly at this level you would think he's like Jameis to me where oh it's the the old gunslinger mentality of he's gonna huck that thing all over the field and it's gonna be awesome but he's also gonna throw some picks at times where you're like oh my god the best example I can think back to is the Jameis 30-30 season where he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions which is a crazy stat (laughs) still to this day in my mind you mean Josh Allen hasn't done that yet he's working his way there (laughs) But you, so yes, you have those Russell Wilson, which is a skeevy one in general. The Broncos, I don't love the way that they're going about that, though. I do, like you said, I, I understand the business side of it. That is unfortunately professional sports. Tyrod Taylor with the Giants. I don't know if they're. I, I would assume they're still fighting for a playoff spot because the NFC is still so wide open. Mm-hmm. Where if should they win two more games, whatever. The only one that doesn't make sense, though, to me is Jacoby Brissett. Not because Jacoby can't win, but because Washington is two games away from securing a top three overall pick. And you already have a 23-year-old quarterback who has shown some flashes this season. We just talked about how he regressed the last about month of the year. Give him the last two weeks. See if he can work out those kinks. And if not, maybe you're in a spot where you're going to take your quarterback of the future. And it's just... I don't know. That was the only one that didn't necessarily make sense to me. Jared Stidham, by the way, very funny because I think this is the fourth quarterback with guaranteed money into the next season that he has replaced, whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan. I mean, now Russell Westbrook, (laughs) Wilson. Switching sports already. My goodness. But it's really. We're staying on track. I know. I'm trying to stay on track here. It's. 
Oof, Jared Siddham apparently is the truth. One of these guys the Jets are going to throw money at next year to be the backup quarterback. I'm That's manifesting. That's true, like with Sam Howell. You're right, because the commanders are already eliminated from playoff contention. So you would imagine they would do almost the same thing that the Falcons did with Desmond Ritter last season, where they were just like, you know, I like Marcus Mariota went on IR or whatever, but they had already made the decision to go with Ritter as the starter and just see, see what, what happens. Just see what happens because you, you don't have a chance anyways. You have nothing essentially to play for. Again, we never, I joke about it, but I never think teams should actually purposely tank. No. And that's just because you put in a quarterback that's not as good as maybe your backup is. It's not tanking. It's just preparing your team and potentially your future quarterback for the next season because you really do not have anything significant to play for but on the flip side if you do continue to lose at 4 and 11 right now then yeah you're setting your so it's almost like a win-win you're setting yourself up for a potentially high draft pick with a few quarterbacks that could be available because you know hopefully the bears with the panthers pick will go for marvin harrison jr well that's he's available so that's a quarterback that because now i'm all of a sudden like hey justin fields looks like he's turning a corner and they just need if, well, you oh can just gosh. use those resources elsewhere. They just have like a, oh my goodness. I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. we can, <laughs> we can anyway. have a whole show on draft and talk. We but, will eventually. But yes, either way, the other two made sense to me. Jacoby Brissett, and once again, it's nothing against Jacoby Brissett. To me, it is really just very much so known commodity versus unknown commodity for the last two games of the year, where also Ron, Ron Rivera and his staff, they won't be back next year. So I also wonder if this is just a spite. Just be like, oh, mm. screw you. You're going to fire me? We're going to win these last two games <laughs> and ruin of, your draft pick. Kind of like what Lovey Smith did with exactly. the Texans. <laughs> and it's, it goes like we joke about it, but these guys have pride. They, uh, they really are trying to win. When we talk about teams don't tank, it's true. Teams themselves, players, coaches don't tank. That's their livelihood. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me at all where... Uh, an old riverboat Ron there wants to go out winning his final two if he can. Thanks, Lovey Smith, by the way. <laughs> Shout out, Lovey. Because <laughs> that's when he actually gifted the Bears by with the Texans, like winning that. I forget who they beat, but it gifted the Bears. And anyways, um, so anyways, going back to a little bit about what happened like this past week, it's interesting to see. When you talk about Christmas Day, and I think it was Travis Kelsey that said it, like, yeah, we essentially gifted the Las Vegas Raiders with that victory. Vegas beating the Chiefs 20 to 14. Um, I saw a funny meme because there's all this, like, you know, people just want to talk or whatever. And Taylor Swift's going to get blamed for everything. So they just want to blame Taylor Swift for the struggle of, like, an entire team of men that they are doing so bad but I saw like a funny meme that actually zoomed into Matt Nagy and I was like "Ah, that's so true what do you think about it like yeah why are we blaming Taylor Swift uh there's Matt Nagy that's the offensive coordinator now and it's not nowhere successful as Eric Bieniemy when he was there granted we've talked about this before that receiving core outside of Travis Kelsey even Travis Kelsey though he looks like He's almost. He's not having the same year that he normally. Yeah, does. he seems like he's hitting kind of like that Gronk turn where you could really start to see Gronk lose a step. And, and hey, he, that man that won two Super Bowls. He takes a lot of hits. He blocks a say, lot. The body takes a beating all the time on this show yeah. about how brutal of a sport it is, and especially when you get the volume of targets and receptions that Kelsey and Gronkowski mm-hmm. previously 
have had in their careers, you're right. Those hits add up over and over again. And by no means does that mean, oh, we're seeing the final year or two of Travis Kelsey. But it does mean that, hey, him being uh, 1,500, you know, 20, uh, put up crazy numbers, his Hall of Fame middle of his prime we're starting to reach the sunset era of his uh, his prime, we'll yeah. call it. Where he can't do everything, and we already you saw You need they, a second receiver. They crazy. have, like, <laughs> the worst receivers. You and I were talking about it off air, that it's crazy to think, like, struggling teams like the Bears and the Jets, you know, you can compare Kelsey to the top receivers. Like, we were talking about, like, Kelsey would be, like, the DJ Moore of the Bears, but then you have, like, their second receiver in Darnell Mooney, who is, like, better than every other receiver on the Chiefs right now. So, yeah, it's crazy to think that that's what's going to happen. The only reason why they're remotely competitive is because, unlike the Bears and the Jets, they have Patrick Holmes. Got a pretty good guy taking snaps. They got the generational talent that is under center and, you know, making things happen. But I'm sure it was a a true gift for a lot of our Las Vegas Raider fans out there in Hawaii. But we'll see what happens with the Chiefs. Uh, Still at 9-6, and so, of course, like, in the playoffs, essentially. So, but, but just it'll be they interesting. Are eliminated from getting the number one overall yeah, seed. So that will be interesting to see Patrick Mahomes not play at home for the first time in his career, I believe, right? In the playoffs. This, this is going to be been crazy. The strangest year of the Mahomes era for Chiefs fans and for the Chiefs in general. So, yes, I believe you are correct, well, at least in that sense. And the strangest era for just football or NFL in general. I mean, we saw the Ravens beat the Niners 33-19 and we'll see what happens. But now, just real quick to wrap up our NFL talk, Lamar Jackson is the shortest odd has the shortest odds to win MVP now at minus 200. Christian McCaffrey is behind him at plus 425, which I would love to see because anyone but a quarterback, why not? Not taking anything away from Brock Purdy, but it would be Pretty nice to see a non-quarterback win. Tua Tagovailoa is still up there at nine to one, and Brock Purdy is twelve to one, and Josh Allen is at fourteen to one. I still, I will never understand. Allen has he's got some crazy numbers. I I personally believe Lamar Jackson deserves it at this point. He's on the best team in the league. He's been arguably their best mm-hmm. player, and also I like the storyline that after he tweeted Johnny. Back earlier this season, he's been the the best quarterback in the league. I like to think about that. So Lamar Jackson's my current choice with two weeks left in the regular season. I can take that. And but if you look at the futures odds, so even though the Ravens smashed the Niners, the Niners are still the Super Bowl favorite right now, at least in terms of odds via BetMGM at plus two forty. And the Ravens are sitting behind them at four to one. And even though the Chiefs don't look that great. Them, the Dolphins, and the Eagles are sitting at eight to one, and the Cowboys are at ten to one. So a lot of stuff going on. Cowboys and Lions play this Saturday, which you can listen, of course, to right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. If you're driving around getting things finished up for the new year, a broadcast begins at two forty-five p.m. So we will see what happens. If you guys want a quick look at the NFL playoff picture, so just a quick rundown in the AFC. Clinched playoff spots are the Ravens and Dolphins. And in the NFC, you got the Niners, Eagles, Lions, and Cowboys. So now everyone's just going for who will get that number one overall seed in each side and can essentially have home field advantage 
throughout the playoffs because now we won't see which and that's another thing too. Not only are they the Chiefs eliminated from the number one seed, but they it's weird to at this late in the season you still see them under the in the hunt section. They still got to lock up a spot. They have this not is wonky. done it. They're they're just ahead of the Jaguars, who are also free falling right now. But I love this. This is what we want. We want parody. It makes it more interesting. What else has a lot of parody? The college football playoff happening on New Year's Day. We'll talk about that next on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. We're party rocking in here. All right. I lied. Last thing to wrap up our NFL discussion. (laughs) Paul, who's going to win Thursday Night Football today? So, all right. For those of you who don't know, it's between the Jets and the Browns. The Jets and the Browns honestly have had very similar seasons. Both have elite defenses. Both have had obnoxious injuries to the quarterback room. Uh, it is in Cleveland. My buddy, actually, my former roommate who lived out here, moved away, moved back to Ohio, which is a heck of a change to go from Hawaii to Ohio. Um, I wouldn't do it, but shout out <laughs> to him. He'll actually be in attendance tonight. He's hoping to see the Browns clinch a playoff spot with his own eyes in person for the first time in his life. And I think they'll do it. I do think they will do it. As much as I wanted to be like, oh, and the Jets are going to pull off the upset. and the J- I just, Zach Wilson still has a concussion. Trevor Simeon, we saw last week, uh, had one good half of football and one half of football that made me want to rip my eyes out. Um, the Jets defense. <laughs> a lot of that oh, God, it's been all, <laughs> a heck of a year. The Jets defense is still very good. Joe Flacco has turned back the clock, but I don't think he's going to do it against the New York Jets defense. I think it's going to be a really ugly game, to be quite honest with you. If you're planning on watching it, uh, which I am, don't. Because I just don't think it's going to be all that enjoyable. If you think of it as, the, I know we're switching to I mean, to it is a pretty low total. It's like only 33 and well, a half. So, so that, if that tells you how ugly it's going to be, then What I was about to say was... We are going to get a good old school Big Ten West type of football game tonight where, you know, the the Iowa versus Northwestern that finishes 9-6, it feels like one of those where it's two teams who want to run the ball, two teams who really, they can pass it if they, I guess, want to one or two guys, but they, they're, they're probably going to run the ball mostly and they're built on great defense. So like I said, kind of like a, old classic Big Ten West matchup, not like your what's coming next year when, you know, Texas moves to the You mean Super Bowl whatever. champ Joe Flacco isn't going to throw like six Joe touchdowns? Flacco elite, by the way. <laughs> Joe Flacco Jets legend. Um, who, I want to uh, be Joe Flacco when I grow up. Me too. I don't oh even know gosh. how old he is. He's probably like 38, he doesn't know 39. Yeah, like he's like, what is going on? Comeback player of the year. Bro, turn back the clock. <laughs> no, Love shout to out it. to him, though, for real. Like, really, really excited for him and happy. Uh, like, And I know a lot of Jets fans feel similar, similarly where they don't feel that they missed out on it because I know that's been a big conversation. Like, oh, why didn't the Jets just bring him back? He'd been on the roster. 
Joe Flacco would have a snapped leg by now behind this Jets offensive line. So I'm very happy for him enjoying himself there. By the way, Joe Flacco is actually the player behind Damar Hamlin for AP Comeback Player of the Year in terms of the betting uh, odds and the shortest odds. Damar Hamlin is at minus 300 and Joe Flacco is right there at three to one. And, you know, like I, I understand Damar Hamlin's situation, but... Man, I feel like it has to be Joe Flacco. Like, Joe Flacco is, like, elite now. He went from being just a bench guy forever, and then now he comes back. Kind of like what we saw with Geno Smith last year. You're like, oh, okay. I hear you. DeMar Hamlin died on the field and has played in two games since. So I think it it goes to that extent of, like, he wrapped it up the moment that he was like, I'm coming back next year. Joe Flacco could win the Super Bowl this year, and I don't think it would help his odds anymore. That doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it, because I agree. <laughs> he turned back the clock to go back to his Ravens days, where he has, he didn't look like this with the Broncos. He didn't look like this with the Jets. He's, he's Ravens Joe Flacco again. It's very, very cool. Nonetheless, you're going to see a Big Ten West game tonight. Uh, don't watch it unless you like those ugly type of football games. <laughs> We're like, yeah, we encourage you to like not watch it. Well, because there's whatsoever. good. Co- if you're going to watch a college football esque game, you may as well watch the wait until the New Year's Six bowls. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Speaking of lots of bowl games going on, like there's one going on right now actually, and but lots throughout the weekend. So all of our football fans, this is probably like the best weekend ever because they're on top of like college and NFL. There's just like football all day, every day now through New Year's Day, essentially. But yes, New Year's Day at the New Year's Six. But more importantly, the college football playoff, you have Alabama and Michigan first. That game is at noon on ESPN, ESPN, Alabama, ESPN, Alabama. Yeah, ESPN, Alabama. Well, if you ask some fans, that's probably how they feel at times. <laughs> Alabama as the four seed taking on the number one seed in Michigan at the Rose Bowl game presented by Prudential. Michigan is the one and a half point favorite. So uh, odds makers looking at it to be a close one over under set at 44 and a half. And then you have the Allstate Sugar Bowl between number three, Texas and number two, Washington, Texas is actually the favorite by four points out there at the Superdome. So I... Oh my gosh, it's so hard. This is are we, this are is we one of those predictions games, again. Yeah, this is one of those games that like, like okay, we'll start with Michigan and Alabama, right? Like this, this, this is one of those situations that you're just like, a lot of things on paper and how solid Michigan has done and how much they, I don't know how much you want to call it adversity, but distractions off field that has happened like this season, and yet they were still able to win. They lose like their best. Was it like? tackle or offensive lineman and whatnot he's they done have for gone the season. through they've gone through a lot. on field and off field adversity and yet they continue to win alabama they have that one loss i am somebody that believes that when you're when your loss happens in the season is a lot because theirs happened more in the beginning of the season they look great and for me at the end of the day you just never go against nick saban so i got I, I gotta go with alabama like until he proves us other which it happened. Georgia had beat them. I get it. But now he's not playing Georgia. He's playing Michigan. These are two totally different teams that we've seen. And Michigan hasn't exactly made it into the championship game, right? So they always, they always they, come they, up they, a little bit lose. short as well. They've lost. Well, so I'm so, like, 
Alabama. I, f- I feel the same way about Nick Saban as I do about Bill Belichick, which is if you give either of them more than a week of time to prepare for you and to study film and to dissect who you are as a team, you are at such a disadvantage no matter how talented you are. Just And that's just the respect that I have for Saban, the respect that I have for Belichick, and all of those old-timey mm-hmm. coaches who... Like you said, they've just time and time again, they've proved it over and over and over again. Where, like you said as well, Alabama's loss comes earlier in the year, and since then it seems like things are clicking on every level. You just talked about, you know, oh, they lost to Georgia. Georgia's not in this Final Four. Yeah. So, like, oh well. The big bad big bad red machine there that Alabama has struggled with a little bit the last and they couple beat of them. years. Oh, I was gonna so say So it's like they beat them this year. It's a new, so obviously it's a new year. Right. So it's, it is just really, really hard to bet against Alabama in any playoff situation where they have time to. It, it's like Patrick Mahomes when he gets home field in the first round bye, right? You'd almost assume that it's just a foregone conclusion. They're going to win that first mm-hmm. game that they play and go into the championship yeah. round. Or they'll just make it all the way to the Super Bowl because it's like right. you can't you can never go against that against that team. So And that's no disrespect to Michigan either because they are a phenomenally talented unit. They have had a great year. It is just really, really hard for and, and maybe that's maybe that's an indictment on us. Maybe that's a bad thing on us where it's you know, you look back and you're like, you should evaluate these teams, not just the coaches, but I don't know, man. Nick Saban, though Jim Harbaugh himself, he uh, yeah. plus who knows? Who knows what they have under Connor wraps? Stallions. <laughs> Connor Stallions was hired to the Alabama staff. I saw. I think that was a joke. No, nope. was it? It was real. <laughs> I don't. I actually I don't, don't know. know. I would assume that it was a joke, but I prefer to, to choose. So I choose to I believe saw it, it was and real. I didn't get a chance to like really research if that was true or not. And I was like, this would be hilarious if it is because it would be a very Saban past, thing. Yeah, that's why I was like, I wouldn't put it past Nick Saban, but because Saban is be part funny. of that Belichick tree too. Belichick used to do that with the Jets all the time in the NFL. The amount of mm, players I used <laughs> to see go over there, Jets cut, Patriots. I'm like, God, this guy. <laughs> All right, well, clearly odds makers feel the same. As I mentioned, Michigan's only favored by a point and a half, and I feel like that's because exactly what we've been saying, where, you know, on paper, Michigan has had, like, a great year. I mean, they're undefeated for a reason, and then Alabama, as we mentioned, has that one loss, but they can't make that spread too big. So, But nonetheless, still going to go with roll tide because I will never go against Alabama. And Alabama is a plus 100 on the money line. Uh, that would be a little fun little, little sprinkle. sprinkle. Yeah. Uh, but 44 and a half. This is one of those games like over, please, just to make it entertaining yeah, for all of us that ha- don't have any. But look, you look at 44 and a half for this game. Now you look at Texas, Washington. Total line. 63 and a half. Oh, that's even under what I was going to guess 66 and a half. Oh. 63 and a half is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a lot of points. That's fun though. It is fun and that I'll be honest of the two games I that is the one that I'm looking forward to more not because I think Alabama Michigan won't be a f- great game, but for the same reason I think this will also be a great game and we'll see more points in it. Plus, yeah. I don't know, Michael Penix and those those Huskies, that offense has been just cooking. And I feel all like year. I feel like this game too, especially, is I like this because 
it's just teams you we haven't been used to, to seeing recently, and especially a Pac-12 squad like Washington. I think that would be pretty awesome and yet funny at the same time if Washington in the final makes year. it. Well, and then it ties up all that like money and everything that technically goes to the conference. So even more so for the Pac-12 to stay together as the Pac-2 and not necessarily completely dismantle. So it'll be interesting to see Washington is the underdog, however, getting four points uh, plus 150 on the money line. And you know what? I'm just going to, if I were in Vegas, I would definitely be taking the points for Washington and Texas minus 185 on the money line. Eh, looking at some hedges there, potentially, but I got my feelings on Texas. <laughs> that's that's where I'll leave it. <laughs> We're rooting for Washington in the studio. We'll just say that. And total, as we just said, 63 and a half over both games. Over, 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 over. Please just make this fun for us on New Year's Day. It'll be exciting. Start I hope the new we have year off with fireworks. Yeah, man. I hope we have two exciting games to talk about first thing um, on Tuesday's show, and of course, happening this weekend, we got UH basketball. So we'll talk about that next when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven sixty. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's your sunshine girl, I hope. I'm Kule Agbayani alongside your positive Paul. Hope you guys are enjoying the show so far this morning. This and every weekday morning here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we will have in studio for the entire show to wrap up the year, University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angelis. So if you guys want to get in on any of the conversation, be sure to text us at 808-888-KGU1. That's 808-888-5481. If you have any questions for Craig or just want to talk story, it'll be a fun show tomorrow. All right. So the University of Hawaii men's and women's basketball teams open up conference play. And this is when all the games really matter, of course, as we always talk about. You know, they play during the offseason or not offseason, preseason, I guess you can call it non-conference season. Uh, The women open up on the road at Cal State Fullerton. That game will be at noon Hawaii time on Saturday, and you can watch it on ESPN+. And then the men open up here at home on Saturday against Cal State Fullerton at the Simplifier Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock p.m. Before we kind of start talking about this game in general, uh, they Coach Gannat met with the media yesterday. Yesterday? Two days ago. Yes. Anyways, I came out with the media (laughs) this week and we got a snippet for you for what he had to say. Uh, First, it starts by him answering a question from Rob DeMello on what he thinks this team has learned about itself through this first part of the season. Well, that's important. Even through the ups and downs, you got to learn. You got a better feel for yourself and perspectives, everything. So, you know, I think overall, solid job. Uh, there's obviously things we'd like to have back, and that's part of the growth. You can't get them back. We don't want them back. You got to learn from it. 
And so I think we, you know, go thinking about where we were to start the year. You know, Juan, you forget because Juan was on like a minutes restriction. Now he's basically broken through and he's in his next phases. We had some guys who hadn't played significant minutes at the Division One level um, that were capable, just needed reps, um, rotation. We're still looking at that, though. I think we have a better idea of where we're at, but we're still going to tinker a little bit and um, obviously trying to find the consistency. And so we we do a lot of that, like we say, the, the mile, lap one, lap two, lap three, lap four. We're, we're still not you know there yet. Uh, we're going to meet individually, meet collectively, and continue to find ways to improve. How much of a challenge is it when you talk about one, the mini restrictions being off? You got a handful of post players that, that want their minis. I mean, how much of a challenge does that become in making sure they're using them properly and not letting them sit in the bench? Yeah, it's been unique because we say you have that challenge going in, and then at the same time, you have Juan was on a different level. Now he's back in the mix where everybody, and that's the good thing about perspective, too. Here we are going into the you know, start of conference play and we have a way better feel for our team and rotation um, and have a better idea of what we can and can't do and which combinations work together best. I think that's probably been more unique this year is while we have different guys we can go to, there's certain combinations that have to be have to happen with certain guys. Um, but we're still messing around a little bit with that and we're still looking down the next couple of weeks of practice and moving forward. But like I said, the good thing is uh, not just that, we're, we're healthy going in. Um, you know, obviously Javon had a little something at the end of the game, but he's healthier going into the stretch, and and that's the positive. And you know, compared to where we were at the beginning of the year, there's there's an idea of where we thought we'd be, and there was a little bit unknown and how maybe Juan would handle things or some other guys, first year guys. But uh, we're certainly in a better place now than we were going in. You talk about the rotation and trying to find what works together. Talk about Matt and kind of how he's come on and the weekend he had this past weekend in the Diamond and kind of what you've seen from him as a player. Well, like with our team, you can see the flashes. And with Matt, you can see the flashes. The question here, we're at now at a point where we got to go from flashes to consistency. And that's going to be the separator, especially with what we're trying to do in conference and the way our conferences come out of the gate. So um, I think to answer your questions, too, about rotations right now, we're, we need to find that consistency from each guy. But Matt gives us a guy who is a really good shooter. He can attack the rim. Um, he's getting comfortable. Uh, we need him to be one of our better defenders, obviously, as well. And so I think, um, you know, you talked about our bigs. You know, there's there's good depth there with Harry and Justin at the four and Moore and Bernardo at the five. And, and hopefully this week, too, we don't have, you know, we, we didn't have guys put academics to bed with finals and all that. And we still, you know, but we still had games to play. And so now we can get a little more skill work into individual work to, to continue to improve. You can make jumps during the year, too. Not just as a team, you can make jumps individually. And so that's what we're looking forward to see. I think uh, you talk about people going through steps and everything. It seems like um, Matt went through steps accelerated pace because he went from not playing at all last year to feeling better. And I guess what, he didn't feel fully healthy until the summertime. So the fact that he was able to pick it up and get in health wise and stamina is that uh yeah i mean that's what we said before the year is there's some things like there there are guys who and we've had success with division one transfers good players playing from good on good programs playing behind good players and you know in his case uh you know maybe guys have played limited minutes in matt's case he didn't play last year so sometimes just like juan's case coming in this year well he ended up not playing for two basically three years so he it's not just the there's a mental and physical component to the recovery and then there's a rhythm you got to find and so that's 
that's why I say at the end of the day, perspective, we're in a better place with that from all our guys. You know, Justin had to go from playing, you know, limited minutes behind some players to playing the leading role. And then as you get comfortable for him or others, then you got to play. We got to be able to play off of you, not just play heavier minutes, but we can play through you. Those are phases you have to go through and we have to go through. So I think in that regard, like I said earlier, we're in a better place today than we were at the start of the year. So you said Javon is going to be back in the lineup. He's, he's yeah, from what I've heard, and we'll see him again today. You know, I, I, I know Javon. I know he's going to always try to soldier through and tough, but I also know about the short and the long term. And I, I could see, we could see his limitation at that point, and so we want we wanted to play it smart. And so, hopefully, the other guys who had to fill a role will be better for it uh, as we move forward. Well, yeah, even before the injury, uh, Ryan got a lot of minutes in this tournament. Uh, was that? A result of his uh, performance during practice or matchup wise or both well we usually try to reward guys for their performance in practice sometimes it doesn't happen because maybe they're all practicing well and we are playing nine guys consistently 10 minutes a game so um and i do think there's some guys i said i keep telling our staff there you, it, it, you know we say it a lot like good things happen to those who stay ready not those who wait you wait you're waiting for things to happen for you you gotta have force and initiative and, and put yourself in position and continue to be prepared and you know i think they're going to be guys like him that they're going to help us win games um you know matias gotta stay ready akira's gotta stay ready it is a long season it is a grind um, every every team's going through it the ups and downs there could be a guy foul out there could be a guy injured and if the guys next aren't ready well you won't be very good and we won't be very good and I think over the years we've had a next man every man mentality it's just you know right now we haven't really needed that fortunately because some of our health has been solid which I hope continues but you're going to continue you have to continue to stay ready and I thought he showed flashes and that was UH men's basketball head coach Iran Gannat uh, talking a little bit about where they are so far and then looking ahead to this season. That's a good, uh, some of the things that we're sending there, a good feeling for University of Hawaii fans is that Jovan McClanahan should be good to go against this upcoming game versus Cal State Fullerton. UH leads the overall series 15-9. However, Cal State Fullerton has had the Hawaii number for the last four games, including the Big West Conference game last, Big West Conference tournament game, excuse me, last season. So uh, we'll see. UH also leads in Honolulu 8-4. to Nonetheless, this is a very, very different team than we've seen the past couple of years. I think on paper, Hawaii should win this game. And throughout the non-conference slate so far, I know we like to talk about like St. Mary. I know the losses always stand out. But when you look at it as a whole, so and I was just telling AC the other day because AC was asking me like, so like, how is this men's basketball team? And I was like, you know, honestly, they've won the games they should have won. They've lost the games that they, I don't want, I never want to say they should have lost, but on paper, they played a team that was quote unquote better than them. So, you know, I think now going into the conference schedule, they'll be very, very competitive as we've been seeing. But this test against Cal State Fullerton will give us a good look at where we are so far, but it will definitely be an extra redemption game for the Rainbow Warriors because, again, Cal State Fullerton, especially last year, two losses in the conference season and then knocked them out of the tournament last year. So we better win on Saturday. It's it's good that the Bows are battle-tested because it's going to be a battle to start off conference play for sure. Like you said, this is a program that has had Hawaii's number the last two seasons. It's actually... I looked back at it. The last two seasons have been finished off. 
That's right. By the Cal State Fullerton Titans. That's right. That's that fourth one. So four straight losses by Hawaii to CSU Fullerton. And that is clearly something that is on the mind because we also talked to Matthew or Matt Cotton, pardon me, um, who mentioned it. Like he he's new to the program this year, but he had his teammates who have been talking about it. Where they, obviously they want to win every single game, but they also understand that this is one that they want to start off the conference slate strong and also be like, hey, this isn't the last two years where this isn't the same thing anymore. We're, we're turning the page. So I'm really excited to see how it ends up against Cal State Fullerton because, like you said, it's been so close in so many of these matchups just coming up short. Is this the time that this team finally rips through, especially after going through such a nice conference or non-conference slate to get you ready for a really talented Big West who had an awesome non-conference slate in itself so many teams who came up with upset victories over some top programs as well so it's going to be an absolute slaughter fest throughout the big west this year hawaii's ready for it and it starts off friday against cal state fullerton yeah so we really hope we see you guys uh this weekend because it's going to be fun by the way some fun things so this saturday 300 sets of rainbow warrior basketball cards will be handed out featuring every member of the roster courtesy of the Kawazoi group. So be sure you get there early if you can snag one of those uh, cards to get you set up for the season. And of course, get you signed in autographs, like give some to the cakey on those autograph nights and they'll be giving away. First Wine Bank will be the sponsor as well and will give away multiple gift cards during halftime. So once again, this Saturday, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, the UH men's basketball team opens up their conference slate here at home. And then don't forget, also, you can, I guess, start your basketball, college basketball. Big West Conference started earlier in the day on Saturday, 12 o'clock Hawaii time. The women's basketball team is on the road at Cal State Fullerton, but you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. That's going to be a full slate. Again, so much stuff happening. You got college football, NFL football. And the start of Big West Conference basketball. Woo! All right. <laughs> Got to step aside, but we'll be right back to wrap things up on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Dance party. I'm Kule Agbayani alongside DJ Polly B on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on social media at High Sports Radio. That's at HI Sports Radio. And check out our website at HawaiiSportsRadio.com. One of the things that you can also look at uh, is a lot of the stuff coming up in January. We're just a few days away from January. I posted this on our um, IG story and on my personal social media. But when I was kind of like setting my calendar, I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to tell all the beautiful people about all the things that are coming up that they can support some of the programs here in Hawaii. Uh, we'll go in order by date. You have HPU Baseball's third annual first pitch paina. That's at Aloha Tower uh, Sunset Room. That'll be on January 20th. You have the UH 
a Rainbow Warrior volleyball fundraiser that will be on the next day, Sunday, January 21st at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And then a couple of days after that, you will have the third annual For the Love of the Game celebration, the UH Baseball uh, fundraiser that will be on Tuesday, January 23rd at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. And then to round out that week, you can go out to Howard A. Okita Field on the windward side to come out for the final alumni game and Ohana Day for HPU softball. So there will be additional details. It's going to be a really uh, fun and exciting time to come out and yeah support the Sharks and HPU softball. And not only that, but take in the final as I mentioned, Aloha or Ohana Day and Alumni Game. And this is the final season that the Sharks will be playing out there at the beautiful Howard A. Okita softball field. So I encourage all of you guys to come out and just have a good day out outside, spend the time outdoors, but a lot of stuff. You guys can go to hawaiisportsradio.com, click on the bulletin board, and it has all of the more information and direct links if you guys want to get your tickets for all of those fundraisers and a couple of other things but so much stuff coming up and I'm just like whoo this year is just has flown by and we're already going to have a packed January we have a bunch of OIA broadcasts that are going to come up including January 31st will be the OIA girls basketball division one and division two championship games we of course have to pick up again with our HPU basketball coverage and then baseball gets started and in February and we're rocking and rolling goes and goes and goes and the best part of it all we can't get enough of it and (laughs) we're so thankful that you beautiful people also cannot so looking forward to rolling on into a brand new year like you said Koo can't believe that 2023 is essentially over the next time we'll talk to the beautiful people uh will be 2024 oh my gosh that's kind of it's a little this well that's great. not necessarily we'll true because we'll talk to them tomorrow but, but you know the, the next time we'll have a nice regular wake up in the den well it'll be wake up in 2024 oh my gosh it's so crazy to think about that's that's insane the, the year really has flown by but i think time that's, flies when you're having fun well and that's where i was exactly gonna go it's been such a great year in so many senses and that is really where it's been. It's been such a fun year in, one, obviously my personal life, but two, here at the station where we've continued to grow. We keep trying out mm-hmm. new things, and you beautiful people continue to give us feedback to make it even better. We could not be more Paul thankful for that. Paul got recognized the other day. Yeah, somebody recognized me out in public, and I, I didn't think you guys cared that much. <laughs> I love that you do. Um, it's it's going to be a great 2024 we're really thankful for you guys for making it a really fun 2023. And as always, if you guys have any ideas, text us at 808 And follow us. We're doing all kinds of stuff. I think probably the biggest highlight for me and on a professional level was thought that was pretty cool doing our first uh, show on the road like our extensive show on the road out there at the Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas that was probably like the coolest thing because it was one of our goals uh, probably a, even last year it was one of our goals like well, we want to do a show at Circa you know and like to see a goal a big goal 
come true. It was just like, wow, we actually did it. Like when the week was over, I just, you know, looked at boss man. And I'm like, we actually did it. We said this is what we wanted to do. And we did it. And anytime week. You, yeah. Anytime you put goal an extended show, we didn't know we were going to do the extended show, but they worked out. People loved it. I know a lot of people are kind of bummed that we get on uh, so late, but that's kind of what happens. Maybe when we get we have we have one more addition to our staff, so maybe when we're we get on one more on top of that, then we can probably look at. Actually, maybe we could expand it, but it wouldn't be earlier. It would be probably from eight to ten, if anything. We'll, <laughs> be, we'll workshop it. You know, we'll, that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's we're, been an awesome year too. I mean, you got the Maui Invitational as oh, well. Yeah. Cool. You that have was done a goal we never knew that we had. You have just, done an incredible amount of stuff in terms of just being a woman in sports as well this year where like I don't I don't want that to go under the radar as well oh, like obviously thanks. the professional stuff has been very very fun but I mean you working uh, the Maui Invitational which was awesome being on the call for a UH HPU game you continue to bust down barriers and it is really really cool to see my friend and I'm excited Aww, to do it in 2024 with you as well I know I got to get a come up with some new goals for 2024. Yeah, and you're 20, just too busy breaking 20, down everything. 24 is like my favorite number too. Not not because of the late and great Kobe Bryant, but it has always been my favorite number from little kid time. But nonetheless, I was say, look at Kool Aid like, 24. Ex- exactly. So I'm like 24. We'll see what happens in the year 2024. But uh, don't forget, tune in tomorrow though, because to wrap up the year, we will have University of Hawaii Athletics Director Craig Angelis joining us for the entire hour. And we will also have that on YouTube as well. So you can go and w- listen or watch it later. Text us at 808-888-KGU1, 808-888-5481. You guys want to get in on the conversation or ask Craig any of the hard questions. But nonetheless, we will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Oh, man, it's almost over. For Paul Brecht, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening.